0: Welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from my office, actually, today, and I am super excited to have another international guest on. She is from Sydney, Australia, um, another functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, and is going to be talking about gut health. And one thing I really want, and am excited about today is today is the 400th episode of Health Solutions, We started Health Solutions in October of 2019. And we started doing two, we were doing one show a week. And then we started doing two shows a week a few months after that. And we have just been going strong ever since. So, um, episode 400. So, Aline, welcome to episode 400 of Health Solutions.
1: Hello and congratulations. 400 episodes. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we we love we love doing our podcast, and just you know, our goal is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. That's really what it's about. Perfect,
1: That's, uh, kind and of a mission I am on.
0: <laughs> exactly, and you're going to help us. You're going to help us meet that goal today. So, um, why don't we get started? Tell us a little bit about what you do, where you're from, and what you do.
1: Yeah, so um, hi, I'm Aline McCarthy. I'm originally from Germany, but I have been living in Australia, Sydney for 15 years. I met a man and got kids now with him, so I'm firmly Australian now. Um, I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner um, and, you know, amongst many other things. And I specialize in gut health and perimenopausal hormones for the ladies,
0: awesome. So we talk about gut health a lot. Um, and it seems like we just almost beat a dead horse. It's always about gut health. It's about gut health. It's about gut health. But I don't think we can talk about it enough. So tell us why gut health is so important.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, it is. Obviously, it's becoming more mainstream, which is actually amazing. And I just think it's such an exciting field because we're still discovering new things every single day. Um, It's an area of huge amount of research into human microbiome um, that really directly influences how our body functions. And so I am really excited about working in this area because we're still finding out new ways how to help people uh, feel better and have better health all the time. Um, but also, you know, gut health is something that we have a lot of power over to actually improve by our nutrition and our lifestyle choices. So I always say to people, look, uh, we all have to eat and we, you know, we cannot survive without not eating. And so the way we eat directly influences our Gut and how we absorb our nutrients, and these nutrients then supply our cells. So, we can make a huge difference by making different food choices. Um, Everything that enters our mouth, choosing that in a different way, will have such a big impact. And because we're doing that several times a day, it's a really empowering area to work in and to help people, um, you know, make positive changes and really see direct benefits.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it should be rather obvious about how important gut health is, because like you say, everything we put in our mouth is going to affect our entire body. But I don't know how it is in Australia, but the United States, you know, when you have any kind of gut health problem, let's say reflux, for instance, oh, well, you need Prilosec, or you need Prevacid, or you have IBS, so you need this fancy drug or any kind of gut problems we have a drug for. When, in my opinion, if there's Pretty much any kind of gut problem, it is probably diet related, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's dairies, So many different things, and medications can obviously also really wreck our gut microbiome as well. We know that even just Panadol or Nurofen really impact our gut microbiome too. Um, and so it's not surprising that the more medications we take, the poorer our gut health gets, and then we find ourselves in this downward spiral. I'm not against medication. Sometimes we really need it, and they obviously save lives, but it shouldn't be the first instance. Right. We can make so many more different food choices um, and see what, if that helps first before we immediately jump into you know, an easy fix, like a quick pill, which really does just mask the symptoms usually and doesn't really address the problem. Um, So we are not meant to be eating ultra processed foods, foods that are are sprayed in, you know, pesticides and chemicals that our microbiome can't recognize and and work with. So, um, yeah, I agree. Like, there's so many things we can do with, um, you know, even just sleeping better, having a better circadian rhythm will really impact um, our microbiome as well without taking probiotics or without eating different, um, just uh, having sunlight exposure in the morning and having more darkness at nighttime positively impacts our gut microbiome. So there's many ways of, you know, sleeping better, uh, drinking better quality water, eating better quality food, and avoiding a lot of toxins that are coming in that can really have a massive impact on every single organ and cell in our body.
0: Yeah. And it it should be, you know, it's almost a catch-22 because if you have poor gut health, then you can't absorb you know even if you are eating good food or taking good you know supplements uh vitamins uh you know multivitamin multimineral essential fatty acids that's great uh vitamin D another another good one but if you have poor gut health you can't even absorb those very well so you got to kind of fix the gut health first right
1: yeah absolutely and the gut also houses about 70% of our immune cells so Um, through the gut associated lymphoid tissue so our immune health is very much built on you know the functioning of our gut our gut also houses the enteric nervous system so a lot of people call it the second brain Um, and our brain and our gut talk all the time so when we're looking into how many mental health issues we now have how many mood issues we now have that gut-brain connection is really really important for that as well um so it can really it's one of those um organ organs and organ systems the digestive system which really influences your skin your immune cells your brain um you know every other organ in the body your lungs um, your heart so that microbiome really talks to every all the other different microbiome in the body and I find it's such a beautiful intelligent communication system of these hundred trillions of bacteria that live inside us and on top of us that really talk to each other and we're not even grasping yet how they communicate or what that communication means but I find it so amazing that, uh, they do these things. They can even influence our own genes. Um, so even our genes can be changed by the way our gut functions. So it's a huge area that we can have such a positive impact on with people.
0: And, and back on sleep, I I don't know. I, I, I like to say too, that sleep trumps, uh, food in our diet. Even if we will die without sleep before we'll die without food. So It should be no surprise how many organ systems sleep helps, including our gut, when we get good sleep. And like you say, we're meant to sleep at night and work during the day. We're not meant to work at night, um, even though some people do. And, And it does affect a lot of their health when they do do that.
1: Yeah, there's lots of research and statistics into, you know, all kinds of uh, chronic diseases going up when people do shift work and really disrupt that natural clock that we live on. We're still, you know, animals in the end and we're not nocturnal animals. uh, So it will, every cell in your body has a circadian clock on it and messing you know dysregulating that and constantly disrupting that will affect every single cell in your body so depending on what you are more prone to maybe from your genetics it will express differently in your body than it will in mine but we're certainly going to see some poor health outcomes down the track if this is like an ongoing disruptions. So yeah, sleep is absolutely one of the foundations I always get people to focus on and work on. Also for the midlife ladies, you know, they start gaining weight and they can't sleep so well anymore. Their hormones are a, a little bit of a mess and eventually they obviously decline and um, we can't get them losing weight if they're not sleeping, for example. So, you know, we're going around in circles. Sleep is really fundamental um, to your recovery to your brain recovering overnight every single organ recovering so if that's not happening your metabolism which is what your cellular function is in the end is not going to work really well and then women go and exercise like crazy and they diet like crazy and yet they still can't lose the weight we sometimes have to just or very often we have to just go back to hey let's start you with sleeping properly first and then your hormones can calm down a little bit stress hormones will be much better you'll be much more uh, insulin sensitive the next day we know that just one night of bad sleep um, basically gives you crazy insulin resistance the next day and you know your hunger hormones will be all over the place so there's this whole hormonal cascade as well Um, that happens when we only sleep four or five hours a night. So, you know, we can kind of do that when we're young, but we definitely start feeling the effects as we age when we don't get a proper night's sleep, don't we?
0: So that is so true. And and sleep is, nothing will get better without, if you're not getting good sleep, most things are just not going to get better. They, they just aren't. So mm-hmm. th- that is one of the first things that people should address.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the sleep, the hydration, the food, like all the things that we as human beings have to do to actually stay alive, right? Right. And so, again, I like working those areas because we have to sleep, we have to drink, we have to eat. And, you know, some people, you know, exercise is obviously a big one as well. We should all be exercising, but many people aren't doing it. But everybody is sleeping eventually, everybody yeah. is eating eventually, and everybody is hydrating with some something, sometimes, unfortunately, not with really good things. But you know what I mean? So if I'm trying to change their exercise, which, of course, is always a big topic, I want to get people moving as much as they can. But it's sometimes harder to motivate. But, you know, everybody goes to sleep eventually. And so I can definitely, if I can improve the quality of something that they do every single day anyway, then I have a much bigger chance to actually getting them better.
0: And and back on the exercise, um, you know, we, we we don't have to exercise to stay alive. That's why it is probably the least important. I'm not saying it's not important, but the first two first, sleep. And diet before exercise. And you can't exercise your way out of poor sleep or poor diet. In fact, it'll make it worse because your stress will, you know, your cortisol levels, your stress levels will just go up and you'll probably sleep worse. And then it's just a vicious cycle. So you got to get your sleep and diet dialed in before you really start putting in um, any kind of stress in your body through exercise.
1: Yeah, like something like a gentle walk in nature which calms the nervous system or, you know, some – Uh, restorative stretching, like anything out in nature will obviously probably improve the sleep. So that's beneficial, but anything more stressful, going for a run, like all of these hip exercises or even weightlifting, which I'm a big fan of, or, you know, mountain biking, we both like, um, can be too much for the nervous system when people are already not sleeping. So even for, um, you know, the midlife ladies who really struggle with weight loss, I usually tell them to stop all the crazy exercise that they're doing and go for a walk, you know, out particularly seeing the sunrise and the sunset to work on that circadian clock at the same time. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not sure why I'm getting notifications come through. I thought I'd turn them off. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so I get them to just stop the exercise and actually uh, focus on, sleep first and foremost as the priority. And once their sleep is improved, we can get to start have more uh, exercise intensity because then their body is able to actually go ahead and do that. But sleep is the, yeah, it has the priority in terms of things. Yeah, you're correct.
0: You can't recover it from, you know, strenuous exercise if you're not sleeping. So you're not gonna get any benefit out of it. And the fact you'll get, um, it'll be detrimental.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're not doing yourself any favor. So yes, should we be moving? Yes, we should be. But it doesn't always have to be the most intense exercise. We have to build the stress resilience up first. And once you're resilient, you can slowly start pushing yourself a bit harder. But as soon as the sleep quality gets impacted by your exercise, you have to dial it back down again, right?
0: Right. Absolutely. Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. And that's also why I try not to work out too late at night because it just affects my sleep. And yeah. and you're talking about age. I think that's one of the things as I got older, it was more difficult. When I was in college, high school, mm-hmm. I could, I go to the gym at 10 o'clock at night and, and go to sleep oh, yeah. at 11. But now I try not to, I try to finish, make sure my workouts are finished before seven now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Same here. Um, those midlife hormones aren't too, too gentle on me with the sleep either. So I try just try to have my exercise in the morning actually, yeah. I feel the best. It gives me the best energy for the day and then, you know, I can have a relaxed night and prepare myself for sleep Uh, and then I have much better sleep. It definitely doesn't work. Sometimes when I don't get my exercise in, I try and go to the gym later and, yeah, I'll I'll just be restless all night. It doesn't work for me anymore.
0: (laughs) Right. So other than these big things like sleep and movement um, and diet is there is there more specific things that you talk to people about when it be re, in regards to fixing gut health?
1: yeah, I mean obviously we often have to run some gut testing if people you know i obviously do see people with i b s or um chronic constipation, diarrhea, acid reflux, all of those kind of issues, massive bloating issues. Uh, Very, very common um, ladies that look like they're six months pregnant, even though they're not. Um, And then obviously also, you know, kind of on the autoimmune spectrum of gut issues, celiacs, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis sort of thing. Um, we do need to run some testing and kind of find out what kind of imbalances there might be in the microbiome. Do they have a parasite? Do they have bacteria hanging around? But also just really assessing the whole digestive system, which actually starts at our mouth, includes the stomach, the gallbladder, the pancreas, um, and then further down, obviously, into the small intestine and the large intestine. So it's a really comprehensive look at how your whole digestive tract is working. And then uh, when the testing comes in, we obviously can then target if it is a parasite to improve the symptoms that people are having. In reality, there's always going to be multiple causes of somebody being constipated or somebody having an IBS. It's never just going to be one thing. Um, And, yes, we often need to, you know, always work on a foundation, the sleep, um, what are they actually eating, the quality of what they're eating, um, how often are they eating, are they actually eating enough. So I work very closely on the nutritional aspect with people. Um, A lot of women are under-eating, um, also, a lot of women are overeating. And again, like if we're looking at cellular function, um, if blood sugar is unstable, so a lot of women skip meals, for example, and they get really low blood sugar, they get sort of energy slums, they need coffee or more sugar to kind of pick themselves back up because their energy levels are basi- basically crashing, Or they then, you know, then they grab the muffin or whatever gives them the energy, and their blood sugar goes like this, and then it crashes back down. Being on that blood sugar roller coaster ride is so, so common, particularly for the mums because we rush around, we look after the kids and everybody else, and then we go to work and we didn't have time to eat breakfast and we just grab a coffee on the way. Um, But it really sets you up for unstable blood sugar levels for the entire day, which can really affect, um, you know, your focus, your concentration, the way your brain works. It will really, um, you know, set you up for... um, immune problems as well, because each time your blood sugar is all over the place, your immune system kind of gets stimulated as well. You're running on stress hormones all the time because cortisol is to stabilize your blood sugar. So it constantly tries to get you up and down when you're crashing in between. Um, And so you're living in this stressed out state, just from basically not eating the right way. Um, And you're probably not getting the nutrients in that every single cell of your body also needs. So we need um, lots of, you know, all the colors of the rainbow of the vegetables, plus obviously the amazing fiber that comes from these vegetables and fruit that supply our microbiome. Um, to really thrive, and we need good amount of protein and fat. So, you know, really looking closely at the macronutrients and the micronutrients for people is really, really important because we often, you know, we might eat a, eat a lot, but it might not be the right balance. It might be really lacking in the micronutrients. It might be really lacking in some of the macronutrients, You know, a lot of people are now on keto diets and, you know, they're cutting out carbs or cutting out fat or people are always cutting out something um, rather than maybe taking a balanced approach and um, really working out what works for their body. I am not against any of these diets. I just don't think there's a one size fits all. I don't think we should be all doing keto or we should be all doing fat free or no-carb or carnivore or whatever the trend is, fasting all the time. Uh, fasting can be great, but if you're already in a stressed-out state, maybe not so great, you know?
0: Well, and I, I think one thing that we can maybe all agree on is, you know, whether you're keto or carnivore or, you know, or whatever the – You know, the latest diet is, I think the most important thing is, and you alluded to it already, is just don't eat processed food. Just eat real food to begin with. You know, and my tip with that is if it doesn't rot, don't eat it. So, you know, any kind of meat will rot, any kind of, you know, vegetable, fruit will rot. Some will rot faster than others, but you know, the stuff in a box is not going to rot; It'll stay there for years. So that's a good tip already. And that's going to be a good start. And then you can start working on macro and micronutrients. Um, First and foremost, stay away from the processed stuff.
1: Yeah, just stay in the fresh food aisle, pick lots and lots of food there and fill your plate up with that first. If you're then still hungry, which usually people are not, because if they've really eaten everything fresh, um, they usually won't have any more cravings. So we see cravings disappear really quickly when people start eating that way. Just fresh, whole foods, um, as much as they want basically because you're never going to overeat them and you're going to be so full that you basically don't want to go and, you know... Uh, go and raid your, uh, your cookie, <laughs> right. your cookie pantry or whatever, your ice cream, because um n- not that, that, you know, occasionally that's obviously totally fine, but when people come and they have unstoppable cravings, it's usually like they disappear really quickly when we get them to eat whole foods because they're just too full to, and they, they're giving their body all the nutrients that they need as well. So cravings automatically stop. We don't, it's not a a willpower issue. It's basically, hey, let's give your body what it needs first, and see what happens to the cravings. And you know, one hundred percent of the time, they usually go away.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard. To, in fact, I I would argue, almost impossible when you're eating whole foods, good nutrient dense foods. I think it's pretty pretty difficult to overeat.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Very, very difficult. Like once you hit your protein target yeah, um, and then fill the rest of your plate with, you know, veggies um, of all colors and some fruit for dessert, even you're not going to be able to eat another thing for a couple of
0: hours. Right. More than a couple hours. I mean, yeah, yeah. Less, especially yeah. if you get plenty of protein in my experience, you know, Absolutely. personally and talking to other people too.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. So again, um it's not complex. A lot of people are like, "Oh, but you know, it's not the new and shiny thing. It's not the latest trend." But honestly, are you actually doing it consistently? Right. And you know, no, and most people are not. And and, and I include myself in that, you know, sometimes weekends get busy, you're out doing sports with your kids and there's only sausage sizzles and you know white bread with sausages available and you're starving and you're going to eat that but guess what usually like an hour later I'm already hungry again and I want something else so um those days are always going to happen but I know when I go back and I prepare my meals for the week or I know what I'm going to be eating um for breakfast lunch and dinner so you know I don't think about food in between because I'm satiated, my body has everything that it needs to have really great energy. I don't get those afternoon slumps. It really also affects your sleep. Um, You know, blood sugar imbalances throughout the day really mess with people's sleep, particularly for the women that wake up at 2am every night and they can't go back to sleep. It's usually a blood sugar crash in the middle of the night because their liver hasn't been able to store enough glycogen. And so by, again, having them eat whole foods, um, fill up their plate, eat as much as they want from those whole foods, uh, very hard to gain weight on that because... You know, it's the the really calorie-dense food is obviously the ultra-processed food, which is also delicious and you're easy to overeat that you're very unlikely to overeat a bunch of broccoli and steak, right? Yeah. Um, So you're not going to gain any weight, right? So you can eat as much as you like. You don't have to calorie count. You don't have to obsess about, oh, how much should I be eating or how little should I be eating, And so your life gets a lot easier and then you also sleep better. And then it's like an upward spiral. The better you sleep, the better you recover. You can build muscle, which makes you more metabolically healthy and more insulin sensitive. And you, you stay strong and vital for, for life, which is obviously the best outcome.
0: Well, and that calorically dense, that calorically dense processed food you mentioned is, you know, um not nutrient dense. So and, and the things that make us nutri that make us satisfied with our hunger are, you know, macronutrients and micronutrients. And so if those things don't have that in there, you're just going to keep getting hungry and you can eat more of it.
1: Yeah, if we don't get the magnesium to potassium, calcium, all of those minerals are also really important for satiety. There's really good studies showing that when people are lacking in dose or when they're having enough of dose, for example, potassium, then... Um, they automatically eat less calories throughout the day, just because their body is not constantly asking them for more. So I always think our bodies are very intelligent, they're very capable of healing um, when we give give them the right substances right. And, and raw materials. And our body will create cravings to, you know, get what it actually craves on a cellular level. We need those micro and macronutrients to. You know, function. And if we're not getting them, your body's going to send warning signals and hunger, uh, ghrelin, leptin, all of those hunger hormones will go up and ask us to eat more and more food. So if we're eating calorie dense but nutrient empty foods, we are got, yeah, and it's easy to overconsume. Like if you eat, if you open a packet of crisps or chips or whatever you call them in America, I'm <laughs> chippies, um, as we say here in Australia. <laughs> um, You're, you know, you always think, oh, I'm just going to have a few, but you always end up eating the whole packet. And it's got nothing to do with willpower. It's just literally the food is designed to be eaten the whole packet.
0: Well, and and that's one of the reasons we just don't buy that stuff at our house because we couldn't, you know, at least I could not um, restrain from it. I would just eat it. So if you don't have your house, you don't eat it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like with the Tim Tams, we've got these sweets here in Australia, that are like little chocolates, um, Tim Tams. If you come, you have to try them. I will. <laughs> uh, next year, lots of different, you know, filled with caramel or filled with different things. And, you know, it's an uh, an old school sort of sweet that everybody knows in Australia. But, um, yeah, if you open one, you're never just going to eat one. You're going to okay. eat the whole packet, right? It's that kind of thing um so but you know your poop is your daily report card of your gut health as well so i also find you know it's not the most um fancy topic that people necessarily want to talk about but it's something that we can see in our toilet bowl hopefully every single day and if you're not seeing it you already have a gut problem yes. So it's like your report card, like how are your bowel movements? Are they easy? Are they nicely shaped sausages? Um, You know, do you have to sit on the toilet for 10 minutes to get them out and have time to scroll your social media feed? That's not a good thing. Um, It should pass really easily, preferably even more than once a day. Obviously not too liquid either. You don't want to have, you know, diarrhea and liquid poo either. So it's it's something where you can kind of look at the state of your gut health and it's a very good first start of going, hmm, maybe my gut isn't great at the moment maybe I should be starting to sleep better maybe I should uh, you know eat more vegetables and see how that improves my poo maybe I should cut out some of the packaged processed foods that really you know don't do much for my body they're convenient but convenience is not necessarily what our body is built for so um, Um, it's less convenient but you know you can still um have some broccolini, throw them in some hot water for about two minutes until they're still nice and crunchy, um, have a minute steak. It takes one minute to make the steak and two minutes to make the broccolini. Drizzle some olive oil and salt over it. It tastes delicious. And you don't even need to be a chef. You don't need a recipe yeah. and you're already doing yourself. You know, it's almost as convenient as getting something um like a takeaway meal or out of a package or a microwave meal or whatever people are doing. So lots of ways to make healthy food still really quick and family friendly and easy. Um, And yeah, looking at your daily bowel movements is a good start as well.
0: That is. So as we wind this podcast up, I want to thank you for you know help us realize our goal today which is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health and if anybody has any questions um where's the best way to get a hold of you
1: Um, You can get a hold of me on Instagram at The Wellness Witches. I'm also on LinkedIn under my name, Aline McCarthy. Um, I also have a Facebook group which is free for midlife women who want to have better hormones and obviously better gut health. Um, So I go live in there every week and I provide lots of value and content in there for for the midlife ladies. Um, Yeah, I think that's about it. I've got free downloads about beating the Load and I'm about to release a new one about perimenopause and menopause as well because it's still Menopause Awareness Month, and that's obviously a topic I'm very passionate about.
0: Well, we'll have to have you on and talk about that topic sometime.
1: Yes, please.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we, we will do that. So today, though, we're going to wind this podcast up, and I thank you so much, Aline, um, for helping us realize our goal of this podcast and for being on episode number 40, 400 of Health Solutions.
1: Amazing. Thanks so much for yeah. having me.
0: And thank you listeners and viewers for tuning into Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We will see you Thursday at our midweek podcast, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.